0: ladies who launch it's christine mercer and i am so proud actually to have with me today nina kozarak say hi nina hello i called nina last week to see if she'd come on the show but i wanted to give a little bit of history before we start talking and that is in 1993 (laughs) can you believe it was that long ago jesus seems like ages ago I know. It was ages ago. But in 1993, I read an article in the New York Times when I was living in New York about a family that had arrived from Bosnia-Herzegovina. And interestingly enough, the Serbian-Bosnian war had the same result as Afghanistan in a different way, perhaps. But a lot of people were lifted out of Bosnia and saved. Muslims like Nina and they were saved by bringing them as immigrants to America. And so I called Nina and um, I met her in 93. I walked into a hotel room two blocks from my fancy uh, Central Park West apartment, uh, mm-hmm. way up. in what floor were we on there? 23rd floor, I think. Right. It was way up there. Yeah. I don't the, remember. <laughs> in the San Remo. It was like Rapunzel. But anyway, I met her two blocks from my home in a hotel room where she was living with two families and they had just been brought in similarly to the way they're bringing families from Afghanistan in. And for some reason, uh, you and I connected and you came to live with my daughter, who was nine at the time. You were 11. Were you 11? Were you 12? How old were you? 13 when I arrived here. Oh, you were? Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, I was 12 was when, yeah, I was still 12 in Bosnia. Yeah, so 13. Okay. So she moved into our apartment. She didn't speak a word of English. The next Monday after she moved into our apartment, she started school at the Trevor Day School with my daughter. And I called the Trevor Day School and told them the situation. And they said, bring her in on Monday. And the teachers that were teaching her worked with her after school. They worked with her on breaks. They bent over backwards to help her get up to snuff in English. We were out. uh, She was riding horses out in our country house in the Hamptons. You went to an immediate immersion into American culture, didn't you? Right away. (laughs) Well, I called Nina last week and said, I'm thinking about not only the people coming over from Afghanistan, but I'm also thinking about that the American government is asking families to open up their homes and hearts to these people that are coming in. And because we went through it 25 years ago or 28 years ago, whatever, I can't do the math. (laughs) Um, I thought we could maybe give some helpful hints and some understanding as to what this is like from everybody's point of view. And I called you and what you said was just so amazing. Do you want to just share with with everybody why you wanted to do this? Um, You know, if I can make a difference in
1: one person's life, what I have to say, I know these are my experiences, then that's why I want to do this. So even if I can make a difference to one person, whether it be the Americans that are welcoming these immigrants in, or whether it be the immigrant that's coming into this country and, you know, as confused and in shock as they are, I just want to make a difference in any way I can. And if that means making a difference in one person's, you know, life or opinion or how they are, then that's why I want to
0: do it. Well, it's funny. People remember conversations, that had great meaning for them. So everybody remembers experiences differently. So what you remember from that time is very different from what I remember. Like we've already gone through some things and I was like, what do you mean you don't remember that, you know? <laughs> and, um, but I will say that I remember you telling me not long after you got her, maybe a year after you were living with us, I remember you telling me that when you were older and grown up, you wanted to go back to Bosnia and that, I don't think you've been back, have you? No. No, I have. I have not. Nope. Nope. Well, that opportunity really didn't present itself. But uh, certainly this is a chance for you to go there. But I thank you for doing that. And the other thing I want to say to the audience is that we've never talked about these things, you and I, and we lived together for years and years and years. Is it funny that we never sat down and I never asked you how you were feeling or we talked about what it was like? Do you recall us ever talking about it? We did here and
1: there, but I think you did a such a good job um, with just, you know, trying to let me be a kid. And things were moving in such a fast pace, you know, from escaping Bosnia to making it to Croatia and, and living in Croatia in this, uh, some kind of camp, then, you know, whatever, making it to Switzerland. Then, uh, so everything was moving in such a fast pace that, I just think that the reason why we didn't really speak about it or talk about it, especially for the first few years, I don't think ne- neither one of us kind of knew what to do.
0: <laughs> you well, know? We were, yeah, we were in new territory, as are the people that are facing this. But let's just take a second to talk a little bit about your experience in Bosnia. But before we talk about what happened when you got here, can you share a story or two you were 13 years old. You were actually probably 11 and a half when it all started for you. But I know you lost friends in your town. You know, your town was rounded up. You were lucky you were in a field somewhere. You didn't get rounded up. Your dad went to a concentration camp. Was your only thought about how do I get out of here? What were you? Do you remember what it was like, what you were thinking, what your family was thinking? What was it like to be terrified in that way for such a long period of time?
1: tough question and I don't want to say I don't want to answer it because I do want to answer it the best way I can and the best way I can remember as a 12-year-old little girl but just going through everything I just want it to end you know so whether that be either I make it or I die I just want it to end I just wanted it to end
0: Right. Well, that's, that's beautifully said, beautifully said. Okay. I don't think these young girls coming in, uh, maybe feel that differently from you. So you arrive here, you get into the hotel, you come to live with us. I want to talk about what that was like for you. I want to point out too, that Nina graduated from high school on time. I think you learned English in six months. Is that fair to say? Yes. Because again, everything was
1: moving at such a fast pace. <laughs> you know, I think you sent me to a summer camp, which was Peconic Dooms camp. Right. And it, it was a sleepaway camp. camp. Yep. And I went in there speaking some like, hi, how are you? You know, just and then I came out. I don't know how long it was, four weeks, six weeks. I have no idea. And then I just I knew English and I met friends and I guess that's the best way to learn a new language. Just kind of like stick a kid.
0: (laughs) Stick a kid where nobody speaks her language. Remove her from her family, stick her in a camp. But you know what's funny about the camp? What I remember about the camp is you were slated to go for two weeks at the end of two weeks, I picked you up and you said, I'm not coming, I don't want, I'm not coming back. <laughs> and I said, what do you mean? <laughs> and you're like, I want to stay. So you ended up staying the whole summer because I talked to the camp and they felt you were doing so well. Maybe being around people your own age was better than being around a family with a seven year old. You know what I mean? Like, I don't really know, but you wanted to stay at that camp all summer. And you're right. I hadn't remembered until you just said that, but you stayed all summer. Yep mm mm-hmm.
1: yeah. yeah, yeah. And it was uh, it was, you know, I met you know really good friends there, and some of them, you know, we don't have dinner on you know daily <laughs> basis or weekly basis, but we stay in touch, and yeah. we know what's going on in each other's lives. But yeah, that's how I learned English in six weeks, I guess.
0: <laughs> amazing, amazing. But I want to talk also about because New York is filled with journalists. And because you went to the Trevor Day School and there were a lot of journalist parents there, everybody found out about this. And the New York Times wrote an article, the Los Angeles uh, Times wrote an article, you know, the New York Post. I mean, you were all over the news. And so what happened with that is everyone reached out 60 Minutes, 2020, Connie Chong, eye to eye. And I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to expose our family to that kind of scrutiny. But you were seeing a therapist. I brought you in to see a therapist. And she told me that you needed to do it because you needed to tell your story. And so did you remember when the camera crews came in for that week? I do. I do remember
1: it. I just thought I didn't know what was going on. Obviously, (laughs) I still didn't speak the language because when they were filming it, I didn't speak any English at the time. So I didn't know. I I knew what was going on, but I didn't know what was going on. Obviously, I knew what was going on because you had a translator and another kudos to you. You always made sure to make me as comfortable as possible. And I do have that memory that, you know, it's
0: there, you know, very it's there. By the way, I you know you can thank me, but it wasn't me. The CBS guy. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I never had a translator for you, but I would have if I had known. I should have. But anyway, okay. So I wanted to read something from the Los Angeles Times that talks about you and your family. Do you remember Mirko from Trevor Day School? You know what? I had forgotten all about that. But Mirko Kavar, who was famous at the Trevor Day School in New York, was from Croatia. And he was, I mean, I would call him up on the phone, please tell her she's got to, you know, uh, you know, he was so immersed in your story because he wanted to help. You know, he mm-hmm. was from Croatia, he wasn't Serbian, he was Croatian, but you were Muslim, he was not. But he really was your translator at the school too. And he loved every minute of it because one of the things I want to point out to Americans is we love to get behind a cause. We love as a community to do that. There were so many people who came forward. My dentist did your dental work for free. The Trevor Day School brought you in the Monday after you came to live with us and got you the help you needed to get through it. If you ask, if you decide you're going to take a family or work with the family, if you ask your community, they will come through. Don't you think? Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, again, you did this. You know, you know more about who you reached out to. But absolutely, if you don't reach out, if you don't ask, you won't know, you know, who's
0: willing to do what. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah. Okay, but here's what the Los Angeles Times talks about your family. So Osman Kazarak, who was your dad, a 47-year-old construction worker from the village of, how do you say that, Gripafes?
1: Uh, if that's what's typed in there this was from 1993 I'm not
0: sure what they typed in there <laughs> yeah, who knows, right? um, came through Switzerland with his wife Devla and their four children Kozarek was imprisoned in the Majorca camp for five months so last year 12 year old Nihada was living in a cave in Bosnia woods with her mother hiding from gunfire now she attends A private school in Manhattan, thanks to an American, Christine Mercer, who mobilized volunteers to help refugees and invited Nihada to share her spacious Central Park apartment. This kind of help from American government volunteers is gratefully accepted because no help came from Bosnia. Okay, here's what I want to say about that. I remember in the Connie Chong eye-to-eye interview, and I remember everybody saying, wait, you could have been on 60 Minutes and you went with Connie Chong. I went with Connie Chong because one of the parents at the day school was connected to that show. And I knew that we would get the best treatment and we would have some input if we could. So that's why I went with that show. But at the end, they talked about you as a Cinderella story. And I remember, do you remember what I said to them? I... Well, later on, you told me, keep in mind, I didn't
1: know English when you said it.
0: (laughs) Well, basically, what I said is if it were a Cinderella story, she would be returned to Bosnia and she would be living in her town with her four best friends, playing in the fields and living her fabulous life. This is an American Cinderella story. It is not a Bosnian one. And I think it's such a good lesson to remember for the people coming in from Afghanistan that We're not doing anybody a favor. This is a terrible situation, which, by the way, in this in Afghanistan's case, you know, we had something to do with. So nobody wants to necessarily end up here. They wanted to continue living their best life where they were. Do you agree with that? I mean, did you do you remember were you missing being in your own culture? I mean,
1: Um, look, it's a that's all I knew. I didn't know about America. I didn't know what an American dream was. I just knew what I knew. And keep in mind, I'm from a very small town. I, I didn't even visit majority of Bosnian cities. So I was happy to be out of there. But at the same time, obviously, I was happy to be out of there because the way everything turned out, who wouldn't want, who wouldn't be happy to be out of You know, bombs going off everywhere, and you being afraid if you're going to live the next day, or just pretty much every day, just being on a survival mode. And so, I don't know how to answer that. It's not an American dream because we don't know what I didn't know what an American dream was. I personally never even heard of. Of course, I've heard of America, but I never in my wildest dreams ever would I have thought or imagined that I would end up in America. And and I'm not saying United States of America, because back then that's how I knew it, America. So I can see how people looked at it because now, you know, if I were to look at a story like mine, you know, how I immigrated and how you took me in, or if, you know, family took someone in like me, that is, you know, now looking at it, that is an American dream. Like, oh my God. Here's this, you know, escape the war from a poor country. And here she is, you know, living in Central Park going to the Hamptons. So it was kind of...
0: I know. I know. It was crazy. Like, crazy. But- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when I look back on it and I think of the crazy things we did, like, do you remember the first movie that you saw in America?
1: Was it um, my favorite movie with Demi Moore,
0: G.I. Jane, right? Wow. By the way, I love that movie still. And I still watched it recently, by the way. Do you remember you wanted to go into the army after you saw that movie? Remember oh,
1: that? My, that was my inspiration. And the only reason why I think I didn't follow through with that. Um, actually, I think they even came to Didn't they come to the house to kind of interview me or or maybe it was at the school. It was like one of those. I think it was at school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I was so going to go through with that because back then it was my way. Now, this is later in my life. But, you know. By this time, I'm like, what, a sophomore in high school? <laughs> and it was my way of like, I want to repay America back. I want to repay. They saved my life. I want to give something more back. So anyways, um, the only reason why I didn't follow through with that, um, I found out they were doing a drug test. And at the time, it was the very first <laughs> time I tried marijuana, pot. And back then, it wasn't the way it is now. And I was like, oh, my God. You know, I don't want Chris to find out.
0: (laughs) By the way, (laughs) half the the stuff you did, I never knew about, which is probably a good thing. But anyway... (laughs) It's funny because the first movie we took you to, you were with us like maybe three days was Groundhog's Day. And this is how messed up I am. I thought, oh, it's the perfect movie for her because Groundhog's Day is about this guy who keeps repeating the same day over and over and over again. Do you remember them? I don't. No, I. Don't. Okay, we saw that movie five times in one week, and years later, you told me that you thought all movies were repetitive, like that it would show fifteen minute clips over and over again. Oh of my god, that's I know, so funny. I know.
1: But that would probably explain why I actually never. I don't think I've ever seen that movie. Now that you, I don't think I've ever seen it in my you know, after my childhood. And
0: yeah, yeah, crazy. That would explain it. (laughs) And I would also like to tell our listeners that uh, Nihada graduated high school again on time with a full athletic scholarship. You're a great athlete, a great basketball player, truly. And you chose not to go that route. But man, that you know, you were there. I mean, athletics meant a lot to you, right? Wasn't that one of the outlets that you had? Yes, it was one of my passions. It was what kept me
1: also another outlet that kept me kind of busy and being a kid and being a teenager and being. Yeah, but it was till this day. I love sports. It's it's too bad. I didn't pursue it. (laughs) Maybe I could have been in the NBA. Yeah, we all
0: we all have. You could have been at the Olympics, you know, choosing your country. I don't know, whatever. Anyway, um, I did get thrown out of one of your games.
1: No, it was a few,
0: Chris. <laughs> no, it was only one. Was, I swear. Are you sure? <laughs> no, no, I'm not. But okay. one, of, one of them, it wasn't my fault. It was the ref's fault, you know. But anyway, <laughs> I'm just saying, you jumped in. You made it easy. You made it easy, which meant I didn't ask a lot of questions. Tell me, Nina. Looking back, and again, both of us have regrets in how we played some things there. Did you want to talk about it? Do you remember at all? Did you want to just stay away from it? How can people help these people coming in from Afghanistan? Because the therapist kept saying, she needs to talk about this. She needs to talk about this. I don't know that you had the words. You certainly didn't have the English words early on. But Tell me, how can we help these people coming in? What can we do for them that will make them feel at least somewhat comfortable?
1: So... It's a tricky question, Chris, because what can we do, you know, as far as what can you do to someone, you know, kids like my age are coming in, you know, they just want to be a kid. They don't know what's going on. They're confused. They just want to be home. The only home that they know they didn't want to leave their home. They don't want to go and make another place or another country a home it's not up to them it's not a choice they had to leave so they're in great shock not just did, or did they just go through again i don't know exactly it's very relatable to what i went through and what's going on if, in afghanistan but you know it's even it seems to me it's it's probably even worse you know um so just be there in every way we can help in every way you can but um i you know as far as if you ever have Contact with some of these immigrants that are coming in, whether it be through families or through organizations. Even though they might not speak the language, or you might not speak the same language, there's one language that's spoken in every country, and that's our body language. And you know, kids can especially see that. You know, adults too. You know, um, but they just need love, and it's not easy for them. They're confused. Just picture, imagine. They have to start all over again. Not just about they went through the worst. They went through the worst, which is they escaped the worst. But now they have to escape something else, which is coming to a brand new country, learning a whole new culture, learning a whole new you know, language. So just be there in any way you can, whether it be, you know, donate your time, money, clothes, uh, just be a good person. And the way I felt when I came into this country, because not one person made me feel that I wasn't welcome here in any way.
0: Really? Is that true? Yeah, I'm I'm serious. I mean, I know things have changed and the culture's changed. I've been reading lately that some people are already sort of attacking people on the streets. You know, look, America's not what it was in ninety-three. You're right. I don't remember anybody doing anything other than saying, How can I help you, Chris? Not one person said, why do we have to take these people in? Not one person. And when I look at you and how you've assimilated, look, not everybody in your family was okay. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Yeah. I lost, you know, uncles, aunts that were slaughtered to death. Yeah. And also even those that came in with your family, your dad wasn't able to cope. Would you agree with that's what happened to him?
1: Look, you know, I never I think it's one thing what I went through and what my family went through. I think what my father went through is a completely other thing. You know, it's one thing um, running from town to town and and escaping or going, you know, living and doing whatever you have to do to survive. My father was in the concentration camp for six months. He was starved every day and he was beaten when I saw my dad in Croatia for the first time after the whole you know he was not the same man so i really think that what he went through in that concentration camp really had a lot to do with how his life ended which was um unfortunately was suicide um i'm not saying it had you know it, it was because of that but do i think that some part of or have to do with it. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Look,
0: I think what, what we have to remember is everybody has a personal story. And when they arrive here, the story that preceded their arrival here can be filled with the kind of uh, struggle that's not, that makes this even harder. And we can do what we can to make it easier. But I wanna, I guess I wanna, you know, leave with the the sense too that you're a great American. You know Thank I, you. Yeah, no, you are. You're a great American and and you've it's not that you haven't had struggles, not that I haven't had struggle. We've all had struggles. But in the end, America's made up of people like you and me. You know, my family came over oh well, okay, it was the fourteen hundreds or sixteen hundreds <laughs> It was a long time ago, but not the point. The point is, everybody came from somewhere who's in this country. We are a melting pot. And if we can just remember that everybody has the same human experience we do, and if we can, as communities, the more the community got involved with you, the better it was, I believed, for you. Because as these people started to be able to give to you and help you. And then your joy in giving back and just watching your growth and all of those things really made it where we all felt part of a community. Our community became stronger. Wouldn't you agree? I I agree a thousand percent. Yeah. And we can do it again. We can do it again. America can step up to this moment. I don't know how many people are coming in. I tried to find out how many Bosnians actually came in that one year in 93 and 94. A lot of countries took a lot of people from Bosnia. now you came over in a flight from Switzerland that was filled with immigrants, right? It was a chock full flight. Yep. Yep. One other family that stayed in New York, everybody else dispersed across the country, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. So when we escaped Bosnia, it was first Croatia. So we were in Croatia for, I don't remember the timeline by this time, my mind was complete. And then in Switzerland, this is where we were staying again at another, some kind of, I don't know, some kind of place center hotel. I have no idea what it was, but these were all the survivors from different parts of Bosnia, not just um, where I was from. And this is where we met all the survivors. So yeah, it was from, Switzerland that we knew we were going to America, but we didn't know where. Everybody on that plane knew that we were going to America, but we just didn't know, know where. And I was unfortunate enough to land in this beautiful New York City that I call my home till this
0: day. Yeah. But the other thing is, have you have kept, you've sort of connected with some other people that you didn't know when you were that age, right? I mean, haven't you yeah. met, like, you, didn't you tell me Facebook, I think, is how, is. yeah. Thanks. To, yeah. Thanks to Facebook.
1: I mean, there's a lot of people I just um, I know them by last name because everybody, uh, at least from my towns or, the, or Bosnia, everybody has the same last name. So, you know, Facebook kind of brought everybody together and it's like, oh, your last name is Kazarek. Where are you from? And I connected with a lot of people that were, you know, generations after me that knew, you know, did know who, you know, who my dad was, who I was, who we were. So, yeah, I've been connected with a lot of people and and people, some people, there are also obviously a lot of people that survived as well from different parts of Bosnia, along with the same major city, not necessarily the same village, same town, but the same surrounding
0: areas. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, I think you've given a lot of great information and a lot of food for thought. You know, I guess maybe this is a call to action. You know, maybe what we're hoping is that people will do what you and I did. You gave back. I gave back. We both came to the table trying to make it work. Can we talk about hot dogs? Hello? Oh. (laughs) You know,
1: I don't think they didn't have hot dogs back in Bosnia. And and I think if I mention it to my mom, you know, she'll be like, of course we did. I don't care what she says. I
0: don't ever remember having a hot dog before I came <laughs> Okay, but wait. So for some reason, I know I just read recently, which I should share with you, that every hot dog you have takes 35 minutes off your life. Okay. So, <laughs> um, but, you know, they have hot dog vendors in New York at every corner. I don't remember when we got you your first one. I think we had been in the park and we were hungry or whatever. Anyway, everywhere we went, Nihada was like, A hot dog, and I'd say one hot dog. You'd say two hot dogs. (laughs) (laughs) And ice cream. Always. Right. Ice cream. And then you said you remember that you always asked me to make boiled potatoes, but I'm not, I don't remember that. Yeah. Um, Because when I first started living with you, you were
1: trying to figure out, you know, what kind of food to feed me, and we couldn't communicate. So, yeah, that was. (laughs)
0: <laughs> you tried, Chris.
1: You tried.
0: I, did. I, did. I tried. I tried. Um, but anyway, I do have to laugh because when I look back at some of those things, what we did was we did our best. You know, my Angelou has this great line. She said, You know, I did the best I could. And when I knew better, I did better. And if I had known more, if I'd known what I know now, I would have handled some things back then differently. And I'm sure you would too. But we did the best we could. And so did your family and now we're all Americans together you know we're all equals and Americans together but everybody needs a leg up and when these people are coming in i think they're coming in in larger numbers than um than we did but also some of them speak english none of you did you know
1: that's yeah that's uh, what i was i yeah. was thinking about that i think a lot of again different time different
0: and so but immersing your english your family lived in Queens and they didn't speak English. So your ability, you became a translator for them over the years. The more that everybody can assimilate and get the languages and get, you know, the more the community can step in, invite people over for dinner. If there's a 13-year-old and you have a 13-year-old, hook them up. You know, there's lots we can do as Americans to give the best opportunity possible for this to be a successful assimilation of all these people coming in. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, Chris. So we never, you and I have never talked about any of these things, you know, do you go back in your head a lot, Nihada? Do you, do you go back into Bosnia often in your mind? I used to, but throughout time
1: and years and, you know, obviously as hectic as our new life can be, you kind of learn how to, I, I just found a way to really, really block it out completely. So you totally blocked it out? No, I don't think I blocked it out completely um, to really answer the question. Yes, of course I think about it, but I don't think about it nowhere near as much as I did when I first got here, like, let's say the first five, 10, 15, even 20 years. So it gets better with time, but I still think about it. I don't think about it as often. There's some things that will remind me if I see something on TV, you know, it'll trigger those kind of, you know, memories more. But yeah, I think about it here and there, but nowhere near
0: um, how much I used to back then. Nina, do you want to go back and visit? Should we go together?
1: I do want to go back and visit, but this is why
0: I haven't been back.
1: I haven't been back yet. I don't know. Like, I consider myself to be a very tough individual. I've been through a lot, but I just don't know will it trigger those memories so much more back? And do I want to relive it? And is it worth it? Is it
0: worth it, you know, just to go and relive it? What's the point to relive it? And I guess the point might be to make sense of it if it doesn't make sense, but maybe you don't need to do that, you know?
1: Yeah. You know, I don't know. I want to go back, but I don't want to go back just because of that reason. I don't want to it was a long time ago.
0: It was. I know. I can't believe how long it was ago when I called you last week to say, let's do this. It was sort of like, wow, it was that many years. Doesn't it feel like the years have gone? It doesn't. It really doesn't. It doesn't feel that
1: long. But I, you know what? I should. I do want to go back and I can suck it all up. And I think the only person um, that could make me go back is probably Sunea, my daughter.
0: Wow. Okay. And what would that mean? What does that look like?
1: I have no idea. I have no idea. See, I want to go back for the right reasons. I want to go back and show her where I'm from. I want to go back and and face everything that I went through. But it's kind of like, why go there if it's not necessary? Why?
0: You're from Cluj. Is that now? Is that Yeah. Is that part of? That's what I said. (laughs) 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 Excuse me. Um, Is that that's in Bosnia, Herzegovina, right? Not Serbia. Yes.
1: No, that's Bosnia. See, does it belong to a Bosnian territory after the war? I do not have a clue. I do not know Bosnian geography whatsoever.
0: <laughs> well, you know, thank you for doing this. I know you were nervous about it. I hope it was easier than you thought it would be. And I'm glad you did it. And I hope that both of us can give some enlightenment to some of the people who are deciding what the, how they're going to get involved in all this, you know?
1: Yeah, well, thank you for having me. And I do hope, um, like I said, even if it helps or gets one person's attention,
0: I'll be happy about that. Okay, well, I'm hugging you across the Zoom. (laughs)
1: Thanks. You too.